Welcome to the Shaw Vineyard Sermon Podcast. I'm Dan, your host. Really glad that you could join us again today. Maybe because I got to be on the podcast this week. Uh, Yeah, usually I sort of host the podcast. I'm the youth pastor of our church. And this last Sunday, I was invited to share a little bit of reflection on our time at Easter camp a couple of weeks ago. So while you were going through the Moments of Colour series here at church or here on the podcast, we got to go to Easter camp, a group of about 90 of us from not only our church, but from some other vineyard churches around Auckland to join four and a half, nearly 5,000 other high school students at Mystery Creek Event Center. And the theme of the camp was wonder. And it was incredible, not just digging into the Easter story, but experiencing it again with fresh eyes, with a fresh take and experiencing that wonder of that first Easter story. So if you weren't there on Sunday, you're going to hear a little of my message in just a sec. But I just want to make sure that you hear me say thank you to you for supporting us financially if you were a part of the fundraiser, for praying for us in the lead up to camp or during Easter weekend. Because there are so many stories that we're starting to get now a couple of weeks later as students have processed what God did and kind of thought through what happened over the weekend. There are some incredible decisions that are being made. Life changed for some students at Easter camp, whether they for the first time gave their heart to God or whether they reconnected with a faith that they'd maybe lost. There were students sort of leaving behind some you know, bad life decisions, whether that was uh, breaking chains of self-harm or breaking the addiction to pornography or whether it was just leaving negative lifestyles and deciding again to follow hard after God. All these incredible things were only made possible because our church has a student ministry and you are a part of our church, whether by being here on a Sunday or just being here on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to give special mention to the small group leaders who gave up a weekend to hang out with teenagers with me, to the uh, parents who came down to help pack up tents afterwards, to just anybody who helped make Easter Camp happen. Thank you. All of those stories of life change you made possible. Hey, I hope you can stick around till the end of the podcast because I want to chat a little bit more about this idea of wonder, what I didn't get to fit into my 20-minute slot on Sunday morning and we got a little bit more time here on the podcast so uh, without any further ado I'm going to hand over to me from a few days ago uh, from Sunday service talking about wonder the theme of Easter camp enjoy the podcast so when you think of wonder this is typically where we go right Wonder is a desire to know something or to feel curious, and it's something that little kids are really good at. And uh, researchers have done studies on your brain that when you're not paying attention to a particular task, this is what you do naturally. You wonder. Little kids do this because not often little kids aren't doing particular tasks. And uh, that's why kids come up with those brilliant questions of why is the sky blue and what's the name of the spaces between the things that stick out on a fork? I don't know and you don't know, but it's just the thing that they wonder. There's so much curiosity. You're sitting here right now wondering how much is this guy going to talk about the word wonder? How How long is he going to talk for? I ask this question every day. How did that kid 
become the fine young specimen you see before you. How did that happen? There's a cold sore right in the middle of that photo, and yet here I am. That photo is 18 years old. I got, that kid got married. If you need to know this morning that our God works miracles, you need to know that that kid ended up married, and so therefore God can do something in your life. That's me uh, and my wife and our two cats, uh, Aslan and Brian. You wonder, don't you? That is what we do when we're curious, when we have a desire to know something, we ask the question, what do you wonder? When you're not focusing on something else, when you're not thinking about work, when you're not thinking about what's going on in the world, what do you wonder? Maybe you wonder some of the more serious stuff, like why do bad things happen to good people? Or what happens when we die? There was a, a phrase that they threw around at camp from, from Socrates, and that is that wisdom starts with wonder. And they threw out this idea that all of the great advantages that we have in our modern society, all these great inventions, all of these great steps forward that we've had have started with someone going, I wonder what would happen if, or imagine if we could do this. Wisdom starts with wonder. Maybe that's something to think about for the next little while. But there is another kind of wonder. And it's, it's this, another dictionary definition. A feeling of amazement and admiration caused by something that's beautiful, remarkable, or straight up unfamiliar. Something unexpected. It's that cliche, it took my breath away kind of, of sensation. This isn't a, a thing you do. This is a, a thing you feel, Right? And if you watch movies, I love watching movies. My favorite movie of all time, second only to Cars, is Inception. And I have this moment of wonder, and I've watched Inception hundreds of times. If you haven't seen Inception, I'm about to spoil it for you, but they, in that very end moment where they're coming back up through all of the layers and the music is thumping through and they hit there just in the nick of time every single moment and then there's that big crash wave at the end. I go like this. Mind blown, like that is wonder for me. You see it in movies where there's a guy sitting at a bar and you hear the door open and a beautiful girl comes in and she takes her coat off and she does this with her hair and <laughs> it all goes slow-mo and beautiful music plays and blurry background. There's now an Instagram filter for that moment where the you know, surroundings haze in and that is a wonder. And you can replace that beautiful girl with a burger or with a car or with someone. And it's, you know, like, people have those moments where it takes my breath away. I am in awe. I marvel. We're wired to do this. It's that holy cow kind of moment. New Zealand is famous for it, right? This is uh, from a friend of mine, Matt, taken down in Otago. How cool is that? People fly from all over the world for moments like this. They climb our mountains, they stand in the middle of our landscapes, and they go, holy cow, wow, it's wonderful. So when did you last feel wonder? Not what do you wonder, when did you last feel wonder? Like I said, we're wired to do this. We're wired. There's something in us that longs to go, ah, about stuff. What we talked about at Easter camp was sort of this combined definition of wonder, both the I'm curious about and I marvel at. And it comes from Psalm 8. So King David, writing this psalm, put it this way. I look up 
at your macro skies, dark and enormous. This is the looking up to your wonder, your handmade sky jewelry, moon and stars mounted in their settings. God, I look up and I go, wow, <gasps> holy cow. It's that kind of a feeling. We feel this, I hope, all the time. And then David continues, right? And then I look at my micro self and I verb wonder. Why do you bother with us? Who am I that you would give me a second look? It doesn't make sense in light of how huge you are and how awesome creation is and how wonderful our world is and the universe and the stars and all of that. And I don't understand any of it, but man, it takes my breath away. In light of the God who made all of that, I can't figure out for the life of me why you give me a second look. In 1885, a guy by the name of Karl Boberg, he was uh, Swedish, and he uh, was a, a minister who was walking back from a church service, and uh, a huge thunderstorm rolls in, and it was a dangerous kind of thunderstorm, and we know what a thunderstorm can be like when it's kind of unexpected and dangerous. We've had this, and just as quickly as it appeared, it vanished, and the blue skies were back, the sun shone on the lake, and there were birds, and he went back and he wrote a poem. That poem was then translated, he had no idea about it, into German, and then into Russian, and then a guy by the name of Stuart K. Hine took hold of this poem, added a few verses, translated it into English, and it became How Great Thou Art, arguably the most popular hymn that we sing as a faith. And it's Psalm 8, O Lord my God. When I, in awesome wonder, consider all the works thy hands have made. The story of, uh, of Stuart as he's writing these extra verses, one of them he picked up while he was in the Ukraine with his wife. And what they used to do is they would walk through is they would ask, where is a Christian in this village? And they were told, hey, there's a, a, there's a couple in this village who are probably the only believers here. You should go and visit them. So they go to this house late one night, and as they're approaching the house, they can hear the sound of a woman reading the Gospel of John. She's reading it in Russian, and it's the story of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And as they get closer and closer, they can hear yelling and screaming coming from inside the house. And dozens and dozens of local villagers, guests at this house, are out loud singing praises and are handing their lives to God. They are repenting of their sins, going, in light of someone doing that, who am I? Why would he do that? And it became the third verse. This is what they said. He wrote it down in Russian, translated it, and put it into the third verse. When I think that God, who made everything, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on a cross, my burden, little old me, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. So, a combined definition of wonder. Curiosity and awe. Pondering and holy cow. Here's what we have. Wonder could be 
a fascination with the idea that the creator of the universe desires an intimate and personal relationship with us. Desires an intimate and personal relationship with you. Actually, in our uh, student ministry, just hitting pause for a second, wonder is something that we dial into all the time. We use a curriculum called XP3, and there are it stands for three experiences that we want students to kind of leave our ministry with, that everything we do, everything we talk about, all of our small groups and stuff, all focus on these three things in, in some level. And it's based on a conversation that Jesus had with someone in Matthew 22, something that you're probably pretty familiar with as Jesus is approaching Jerusalem, as he's approaching the cross. The Pharisees and the Sadducees are constantly trying to trip him up. They are asking him trick questions and waiting for his answers. And time after time, he is astounding them. He is blowing them out of the water with his knowledge and his but still calm peace about how he answers. And one of the lawyers comes to him and says, Teacher, what is the most important commandment out of all of the Jewish lords? What's most important? And Jesus replies, we know this, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then the teacher takes a breath ready to, or the lawyer takes a breath ready to ask him his follow-up question, ready to get him into his trap. Jesus doesn't let him. Jesus continues, the second is like it. It's on the same level playing field. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law on the prophets, this is like his final sort of like hammering the point home. Everything you've learned, everything you've studied, all hangs on these two things. Love God and love others as you love yourself. This is what our youth ministry looks like. We want kids to love God. We want kids to have the sense of wonder that I was created to pursue a relationship with our creator God. We want kids to love themselves, to discover that what culture says about them isn't where they get their identity from. They get their identity from Jesus Christ and what he says about them. And then in light of those two things, we want kids to love others. We want them to have this, this passion, this purpose, that they exist to send that love into a broken world, to demonstrate that redemption to everybody, whether they agree with them or not, whether they look like them or not, whether they know them super well or not. Everything else hangs on those two commandments. It's the mission statement of our church. Love God, love others. And this is what we do. Teaching this to little kids, easiest thing in the world. Like I said, kids love to wonder. They are super curious. And they, you, know, you can tell them that there is a creator God who loves them and who wants a relationship with them. And they buy it in, hook, line, and sinker. Not like you're tricking them, but like they have no reason to doubt you. Just like when you tell them that this is a cardboard box and it's a rocket ship, they buy in. They're like, of course it is. It's a rocket ship. Not because they don't, you know, they just, they can imagine that. And then something happens around 11, 12, 13, right, where you can no longer say to a kid, hey, let's jump in this rocket ship that's actually a cardboard box and let's go on an adventure. It doesn't happen. And it's a part of growing up. Like, we start to do this, and we're supposed to do this. You're, you're, you start to form the neural pathways. You sort of start to figure the world out a little bit, and you start to analyze things. And that's a good thing. You're supposed to look at a situation, assess it, come up with a decision to be made. The trick comes, though, when you overanalyze something and you become skeptical. Now, when you're told that there is a creator, God, who made everything, but who desires a relationship with you, you say the phrase, it's too good to be true. 
It defies logic. It doesn't make sense. So we write it off as skepticism. And if you go too far down that rabbit hole, you end up becoming critical of those who do believe. Really? You honestly think that there is a God who loves you and cares for you personally. Don't you know that that doesn't make any sense? And then the spiral down continues and we become cynical. Really, that's the word for it. Now, whenever anybody brings anything new to the table, that's our default position. It's too good to be true. How would anybody believe that? This happens to all of us as we grow up, as we face work, as we face family, as we face finance struggles, as we face whatever is happening on in the world. Our culture saps our wonder. If wonder is a match lit, ready to ignite something, then culture is a bucket of water, an ever-present threat, just to put it out. This is what our, our world does. If you talk to, to ministry leaders, and, and I'm sort of twofold in this, because one, I lead students, and two, I work in Christian radio, and there is something about working in ministry that kind of takes away the wonder. It's likened, I heard someone put it once, it's likened to like working at Disneyland, because eventually you see Donald Duck outside of the suit, and you lose a little of the wonder. Because now, as a guest, if you go to Disneyland, you see Donald Duck, and you have no reason to doubt that that is Donald Duck. But if you work there, you know that that's Ben. <laughs> working for minimum wage. Who hates his job? And it loses a little of the spark, right? You lose a little of the wonder. It doesn't happen straight away, but it sort of just grinds you down. This happens to all of us. Wonder leaks. We lose Wonder. Maybe that's you. Doesn't matter how long you've been following Jesus, this is just something that happens. So, what do you do when you find yourself lacking wonder instead of reveling in it? We know we're supposed to look up at the heavens and go, man, my God is awesome. And the best part of that sentence is I get to call him my God. And yet, we often lack wonder. There's a band that I really like, and we play them on the radio. They're called the Classic Crime. Uh, we don't play this song because it's got a swear word in it, but he wrote this prayer out from a journal entry of his in the new album they released last year called How to Be Human. And they didn't censor it. They put it on the album. There is a censored version of it, which we don't play on the radio because it's a song that's got a swear word in it. Um, but it's this authentic emotion. It's this authentic feeling that we all connect with, and I connect with, and uh, I listen to the song so much over the last couple of years. Here's how the chorus goes. Wonder why I've lost my wonder, why the ship is going under. Wonder why I've lost my wonder, why the night has got my number. I wonder why the wonder died in me. You ever feel like that? You sort of just woke up one morning and you're like, what happened? I used to buy in. I used to turn up at church like it was the best place to be on a Sunday. And God would speak to me time and time again. And yet, somehow that just doesn't, that's not what's going on now. What happened? I wonder why the wonder died in me. This happened to a group of people in the book of Isaiah, chapter 29. 
talks about a group of people, says this, these people come near to me, this is God, with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is made up only of rules taught by men. These are a people going through the motions of faith. They're praying, but really it's, it's a wish list, run on sentence kind of prayer. They're giving, but it's not necessarily costing them much. They're turning up at church on a Sunday but really, nothing's changing by the time Sunday afternoon or, or Monday morning rolls around. So what's God's response? This is the Old Testament God. So like you're expecting anger and fire and brimstone. Like, come on, God, get ruthless here. Here is God's response. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. The God who calls himself wonderful says, I will just show them more of me. Isn't that amazing? That despite the culture saying, wonder no more, it's not real, overanalyze, you get skeptical, you get critical, you get cynical. God says, I'll just show them more of me, more of my character, more of my goodness, more of my love for them. We have so many reasons to wonder. And so here's what I want to do. I want to give you a seven-word prayer that I have been praying for the last 10 days since we come back from camp, and that I hope you would take into this week, maybe longer. And it's seven words, so you could write it down if you want to, but you probably don't need to because it's seven words that are pretty simple, and it is simply this. Father, wake me up to your wonder. Because God's wonder is always there. It's an ever-present wonder. He hasn't gone anywhere. But we lose sight of it. This was a huge theme of Easter camp, that God's kingdom, God's presence is there if only we would be awoke to it. If only we would see what he's doing. If only we would listen to his voice when he speaks. Like there's something so significant, not in how you ask, God, show me your wonder, but how God answers. That's where the wonder happens. I didn't expect God to turn up like that. I didn't expect to hear that from God. That's the exciting part of asking for wonder. Would you stand with me? And I'm going to invite Adele to come and potter away on keys because everything is more spiritual with a keyboard playing in the background. And we're going to pray this, that we would re-receive wonder, that the wonder that you had as a little kid or the wonder that you had when you first started following Jesus, when you, your eyes were first opened, that the creator of the universe died for your sins and rose again. That emotion, that feeling that you had, whether it was a couple of weeks ago on Easter weekend or if it was several years ago at a youth camp, wherever it was for you, that feeling, where did that go? And let's ask God for that feeling back. Let's be a people who go out into this world, this wonderless world full of wonder. So Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you pour out fresh on us this morning? 
Father, would you wake me up to your wonder? You know, I don't know where a message or a prayer like that lands with you, but here is my hope and and my prayer with with this message is either that you would refine that sense of wonder that you had when you were a little kid or when you were uh, first sort of becoming uh, a follower of Jesus. There's a, a song from Hillsong United called Wonder, and the verse talks about salvation. It says, Have you ever seen the wonder in the glimmer of first sight when eyes begin to open and the darkness leads to light? And it is a it's a verse about salvation, that first moment when you hear that good news, that the creator of the universe died to save your life. That is a moment of wonder. And I I want you to experience that. If you're listening and you've never heard that story before, then I would love to chat with you and kind of talk a little bit more about it. Maybe you've got a friend that keeps inviting you to church or maybe somebody sent you this podcast and you want to have a conversation with them about this whole story and ask them, you know, is that really true or uh, what is my next step with that? I'm sure that they would love to have that conversation with you. And, and yeah, if it lands with you that you had that sense of wonder at one point and now you don't, then here's what I would love you to do. So here are some practical things that you can do to kind of refine that wonder. First of all, I would say get back into reading the Bible. It's a daily routine for a lot of people for a very good reason, because the more you get into the story, the narrative of the whole Bible with God, the creator, and then the story of Israel, and then Jesus coming, and then the start of the early church, you see that wonder throughout scripture. So if you're not already, I would suggest getting a Bible reading plan. There are apps and there are devotional series that you can get into and We've got a a few ideas on some resources if you want to email in for some of those. Another way to get uh, reconnected in in wonder is to join a small group because the more you do life with people who are trying to live the same as you, the better. Uh, Like I said, culture saps wonder. But if you are in a culture where you have a lot of other people trying to hold on to that wonder and being reminded of that wonder, then I think it, it lasts a little longer, you know? And, and and finally, another idea of holding on to wonder would be to serve at church. You may wonder how that kind of makes a difference, but if you serve as a small group leader in our kids' ministry or with our students, or even if you are just working the sound desk or making coffee or just welcoming people at the door, being a part of church and making it happen and pouring into other people, that helps you hold on to your wonder. I, I know that that works for me, and I almost get more out of being a student pastor than I give at times. It seems sort of reversed, and it seems, you know, like I'm doing it for selfish reasons, but it's kind of true that when I didn't, and I never expected it, that when I serve, my wonder is rekindled And I'm constantly just blown away by the goodness of God in and through the students that I get to work with. So hope hope maybe that there's something for you in that and uh, that you could continue to find your wonder. (laughs) 
thanks for listening to this episode of the Shaw Vineyard Sermon Podcast. I'm Dan, I've been your host as well as the guy who you heard in the message this morning and I would love to hear from you throughout the week on where this message lands with you and if you want some ideas on a next step for you, you can email me anytime dg at svc.org.nz dg at svc.org.nz or you can reach out through our church on Instagram or Facebook anytime during the week. Maybe your next step is to join us for a Sunday service. If you've listened to us a couple times on the podcast and you're ready to meet in real life, we meet twice every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Forest Hill, uh, 252 Forest Hill Road uh, on Auckland's North Shore. You can get all the details about our services and the directions and stuff at our website, svc.org.nz. And with that, I will leave it there. Until next time, have an awesome week full of wonder, and we'll see you next time.